And back we have Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your gardening questions. What are your neighbors talking about? And can we glean some information or helpful see where people are going? So already, oh, welcome, Lisa. Glad you're here. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. Scale, scale, scale. People Ooh, are in yeah. for scale. Pinion pine scales in. So we're the tidal wave. So when 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 a when a epidemic happens, it just doesn't happen to your tree. It goes to everyone's tree all at the same time. So mm-hmm. pinion pine scale are out in force. We're telling folks. They're bad. Deal with them. <laughs> Definitely. Especially on those pinion. I mean, sometimes you buy the properties because you want the beautiful trees. And my goodness, keep them healthy. Yep. A little bit of Gardner TLC mm-hmm. goes a long ways. You can turn sick plants around mm-hmm. just like you can. Puppy dogs, children, neighbors. You can turn <laughs> them around just with a little bit of TLC. So give them some food. We're saying collect all those egg cakes. You're seeing this cottony mass with some yellow goopy stuff in the middle of it. It's kind of gross. Pick that stuff up. It's not goopy, but it's ugly looking. (laughs) Pick it up, throw it away, get it off your property, Mm -hmm. and then treat that tree because you can't get all the egg casings. It's impossible. And they attack a tree by the thousands, if not more. Mm -hmm. And so treat it with tree and shrub drench. So Mm -hmm. collect, fertilize, drench and you know that that tree should have new growth that is fabulous you do that for a couple of years you have a luxurious tropical looking native pine tree out there just because you took an interest in the natives so anyway it's a time means everything so one application of the drench good for the year Mm -hmm. so you, you don't have to be an arborist you can do this yourself it's not that expensive so anyway, and it's easy to do. It so, actually yeah. is super easy to, to yep. mix and to use. So there's no reason not to. Uh, definitely worthwhile to protect those trees. I've done all of ours here and I did the ponderosa pines. So mm-hmm. I've got some aphids. You're seeing some <laughs> dripping getting down on the car. Mm-hmm. So that aphids are up at the top and they're we call it aphid poo or dew or excrement excrement yeah whatever it's gross (laughs) spitting down on you as you're eating lunch that's not right so you put down again fertilize put down the 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 um, Mm -hmm. tree and shrub drench it goes up the tree about a foot a day and eventually gets up there it taints the tree from the inside out Mm -hmm. it's kind of like an antibiotic or vaccine it's it's like an antibiotic (laughs) for trees it really does work great preventative oh yeah tremendous yep so should we get to questions? We should. I think should so. Just... Let's try to stump the gardeners. Here we go. <laughs> oh, you're unstumpable. I'll make something up. Word? I don't know. Yeah, unstumpable. You would, just, you would make up the answer. <laughs> yeah, and sound convincing. Not really. I just go, I don't know. That's a stupid question. Moving on. Next. Okay. <laughs> not really. Well, Shannon and Chino <laughs> would like to know. Um, she did not get to prune her peaches and apples. She wants to know, is it too late? Do you just wait at this point? Or do you go ahead and prune? So, okay. So <laughs> apples and pears, you're probably okay. If it's not in bloom, get on it. Get, don't Stop dilly-dallying. It's time. The sap is flowing though. So that's the challenge. So the reason we do it earlier is the sap is slow. And so the plants start, you don't have as many bugs that are going to come in, uh, you know, disease things that can happen. So if you're making a cut on anything bigger than let's say a pencil or or, or Maybe uh, something a little bit larger. Seal it. We've got a, a pruning sealer here. It's a black spray aerosol spray. Just kind of prune it, 
zip it, kind of seal it off to keep the bugs and disease off, and you should be fine. So if it's in full bloom, already it's got fruit on it, I'd say wait. You've waited this long, wait, and then in the summer after you've picked all the fruit, summer pruning, and then uh, really prune on it next <clears throat> year, prune on it heavier next year. But yeah, I'm going to say you can prune it. Is it ideal? No. It sounds like you want to do it anyway, so go for it. But get a can of that pruning sealer. It's very inexpensive. It will keep you from having headaches down the road. Yeah. Okay. Next question. No more pruning questions from this point forward. You should have it all done. That's it. Okay. Question after that. No, <laughs> so Janice in Prescott Valley uh, wants to know how deep do the raised beds need to be for growing herbs and veggies? Okay. And part two to her question, is it better to use a soaker hose in those beds or to use an irrigation like sprinkler head? Oh, gotcha. Good question, Janice. Great questions. So if you read the book or, or you search anything, it says eight inches or one block or one is, is enough to grow plants. And that's true. It is enough. But is it ideal? If you're if you're building a raised bed, she was in Prescott Valley. Is that yes. right? Mm -hmm. If you're in Prescott Valley, that hard clay soil, you're going to be gardening this bed for years. Set it up for years of enjoyment, not just this year's enjoyment. Mm -hmm. So I find that eight is not quite big enough, deep enough for your deeper root crops, uh, uh, carrots, tomatoes, potatoes. They all need more asparagus, rhubarb need more. So I would say go 16, double down, so get it a little bit deeper. That is plenty of soil to be able to, to grow in. Now, what to grow in, that's the biggest challenge. So you go off to your rock yard and they've all got a garden mix, which is terrible stuff. They're getting, they're digging out stock tanks. They get some free horse manure out in Chino Valley or Williamson Valley. And then they add some wood chips they get from the city and they blend it all together. And they call that a garden mix. That is not a garden mix. It does drain, but it doesn't grow very much. So I'd say fill it up with some of that stuff. Maybe get top, but the top layer where you're growing in, you should have a real mix. And I, I would say use water's potting soil. If you're if you're growing, if you're you're buying plants from us, that's what our plants are grown in. Our grower developed that years ago. And if you can take a plant that's already started and put it into more soil that it's always known, you'll have 100% uptake. It's going to just going to thrive and do well. And I wouldn't blend that potting soil with a, with that junk down below. I would just top it, use that as filler, put the rest of that last six, eight inches, four, six inches, something like that, with just straight potting soil, start plugging your plants and away you go. Uh, that's kind of kind of how you go. Now to your irrigation question. Great question. Soaker is better than spray. Because many times when you're spraying, especially as we get into the monsoon season, the, the foliage can stay too wet for too long, and you get spotting mildew, vernitin, vernilla. It's easy for you to say. Tomato wilt. I just call it tomato wilt. Vernillum wilt. Vernilla wilt. So curling to the foliage, and there's no recovery. You just got to throw that plant away, and it's usually midsummer when that happens. It hurts you. Yeah. It's starting to put fruit on. Yeah. But if you do soaker hoses, the, the, the ground stays moist, but the foliage stays dry. That is absolutely ideal. The other one, more importantly, though, for everyone is when do you water? When do you turn the irrigation on? Early morning. 
So your best watering before the heat of the day, I would say six, seven, eight o'clock in the morning, water then so the plants are plumped up and ready to take on that heat of June, you'll have better success. Better swelling, the tomatoes won't crack or get real thick skinned, your tomato, your squash will be juicier, softer, just better to water in the morning. I say that except for herbs, herbs are better picked when they're dry. So I would say water those late. In the, I'd say water. No, I guess water them all at the same time because they're intermixed. Pick them later. Pick them later when it's hot in the day. Yeah. There'll be there's flavor. Scent comes out better. So may I have time for one more one question? One more question. Then? All right. Tony would like to know. Tony. Uh, can he put in an Arizona cypress or Deodor cedar in a spot where he took out diseased Lelandi cypress? Uh, so Tony, yeah, yeah, you can. So Leland Cypress has this, this canker that's taking out the, the cypress, big green, it's like kind of 20 foot tall by 12 foot wide, thick hedgerow. Mm -hmm. And it looks like we're going to lose every single one of them in the county. It's, it's terrible. It's just terrible. We haven't sold that tree in over 10 years. Yeah. So we have seen some migration over to Arizona Cypress, mainly when they're really stressed out, but it, it's, I've only seen one case. It's very rare. Never seen it on Deodore cedar. So Deodore cedar, I would say, if you're going to plant in the same spot, go with Deodore cedar, cedar instead of air. I'm kind of comfortable going both, but Tony specifically asked, mm -hmm. what's the better of the two? The better of the two in that particular case is Deodore cedar. Yeah. I think you could plant Arizona cypress anywhere else in the yard you wanted would not migrate over at all. Mm -hmm. But in the same hole, it, yeah. it can come back from the soil. I just don't want to tempt it. You know, I want I want guaranteed success for Tony, not I wonder if it will work, Tony. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of it. Yeah. All right, that's it for this show. Kind of this segment. Be right back with more after this. <laughs> 